Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back. Um, Man, welcome back. It's great to be back behind the mic. Um, It's great to, I mean, I, I would say see you guys or hear from you guys, but I guess... It's you guys seeing and hearing me, um, but nevertheless, uh, I want to I want to thank you guys for your patience with me. Um, last two weeks, I have been away from the mic, living life. Um, these two weeks have consisted of a whole lot of family time that I did not even like see coming, but I'm happy that it happened. I had an amazing time, um, and God, you know, just me growing in my faith, you know, doing my thing, living life, having a good time, being 25. What's funny because when I when I asked when I when I um, decided to go on break, I definitely just thought it was a good thing to do. But like after how busy I've been the past couple of months, it had to happen that way. Like <laughs> I don't know if there was an alternative. Like that needed to happen that way. Um, a lot of things happen: weddings, graduation parties, um, just family visits everything so um, i'm happy to have had that time away um and now we're back and it is august so that means that sorry is it august no tomorrow's august something like that whatever it's the middle of the summer which means that it's you know starting to get hot again in this room so you're gonna hear me complain a lot about the heat that's what we do um but yeah things have been chill things have been chill in my life things have been good in my life i'm happy there are before i get into today's message i hope you guys have been okay but before I get to today's message, what I do want to do is go through some announcements. I do have a good set of announcements since I haven't been here in a while. So bear with me. But listen closely at the same time, because we're less than 30 days away from our sixth poetry jam that falls on our fifth year anniversary here at Unassociated. Saturday, August 26, 2023. Um, doors open at 6.30 p.m. We will be having our um anniversary special unassociated poetry jam in los angeles um and i would love to see you there i don't want to just continue to have our relationship look like me speaking on this mic and you listening or you watching no i want to see you in person and i want you to come out in person and i want us to have this time together where we are hearing people's testimonies where we are worshiping god together and we are celebrating together because god has sustained this ministry for the past five years um and yeah you know we we really look forward to that day um we really hope that you guys can make it out um saturday august 26 2023 in los angeles um we're we're taking over we're taking over it's going to be an amazing amazing time if you were there at the last one i mean come on man if you've been to any of them i mean come on man i'm not saying that trying to brag on the unassociated team because nothing we can do Aside from God's power, when God wants to move in that space, he moves in that space. Anybody that's ever been there knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I believe he's going to move again. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We have been organizing. We've been planning. God has been faithful. Um, And speaking of God's faithfulness, before I left, was it before I left or right after I left? If you follow us on Instagram, you follow us, you know, on different channels, you're part of our newsletter. You know that we had set a fundraising goal to raise $8,000 for this Poetry Jam and projects that we do as unassociated as a nonprofit. Before 
this campaign we had never had a campaign where we adamantly and intentionally tries to try to raise any type of amount of money i do not have a history with fundraising and if i'm being quite honest with you and this is me being transparent here i'm still very uncomfortable when it comes to asking people for money for my cousins for my aunties my uncles my loved ones bear with me because i mean you know the reality is this is this is what it is this is a nonprofit. you know i gotta ask people for money but nevertheless, I have to give God the praise because not only did we meet our goal, we exceeded our goal. Um, and I just want to thank all of you who donated, all of you who bought popcorn, all of you who, you know, whether it was through the site or whether it was through Zelle, uh, whether it was through just all the different channels that people have been giving us money. We've been keeping record of it. We've been tallying it up and we have met and exceeded our goal. And I just want to say thank you all from the bottom of our hearts because I asked God, God, you know, this is the amount that we want to raise. Um, I don't know how you're going to do it. That's exactly what I told God. I said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. And I trusted God and God came through. And I just want to thank all of you. And those of you that continue to donate, I just thank you so much. All of you that have made the decision to donate monthly and you guys have just been giving, giving, giving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. God has used your contributions to show me that he is a provider. God has used your contribution as a testament to me for me to know that, wow, like, OK, even when I don't know how God's going to do it, it does not have any any um, any dictation on whether I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but it doesn't have any bearing on whether God does it or not. I might not know, but that's fine because God's going to do it anyways. And he did it. I just want to thank you all. And for all of you who still want to contribute, look, man, hey. Ain't no limits. <laughs> Look, man, because we're going to continue to do this for as long as we can, as long as God wills it. So if you want to join us and be a partner to what we're doing, really what God is doing, which is really helping all of us in our journey of self-discovery, helping all of us to, to plant and root our identity in Christ, because that's where it comes from. Then we would encourage you become a monthly donate do, uh, donor. Sorry, I said donator. Become a monthly donor. You know, like, like, like do it, whether it's $5, $10, $20, $30, whatever it might be, however, whatever is on your plate, whatever you can do, like, as if you want to be a partner to all of this, and maybe you don't have the finances, maybe it's prayer, and that's how you're going to partner with us. However, we will take all of it. <laughs> we will receive all of it, as long as it's in Jesus' name. Um, so I just want to thank you all for your continual support. Um, I want to thank the Lord publicly for what he has done and testify to his goodness. Um, we are not trained in fundraising, but God has made a way because he is faithful and he's a provider. All right. Um, speaking of the Poetry Jam, last thing I'm going to say about the Poetry Jam is that if you still would like to perform at the Poetry Jam, I know we put a deadline on the audition, but there is an extended deadline. It's really just on a rolling basis. We have a couple of slots still left open. You still have time. But not a lot of time. Please don't be don't procrastinate this. Don't just put it off. Um, last time, there was a lot of people who tried to join on the last minute and that wasn't really possible. But if it's on your heart, you have prayed about it. You know, you know, this is something that you want to do. The door is open to audition um, and we'll see where we can go from there. All right. So this door is still open. You know, tell your friends about it. You know, think about it yourself. Pray about it yourself. And, and let's see where God takes it. All right. So last uh, last announcement, I think this is the last annou announcement. All right. Um, we have 
sorry uh we have relaunched something called the defining series um this past week we posted about it hopefully you saw it hopefully you read it shout out to stacy for for being a part of that the defining series i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna read this because i don't want to mess it up is our blog series and it is meant to amplify the experiences and testimonies of members of our community um really we started this um this blog series years ago and we had stopped it for some time but we decided that we wanted to revive this thing because it's a platform for you you that is listening to this i consider you a part of this community for you to share your testimonies and experiences because it's not enough that i just get behind this mic or kendra gets behind her mic or even our amazing writers write their blog um their their own blog posts their own devotionals we also want to hear from you and your testimonies and what god is doing in your life because there are other people who have these personalized issues that they're going through and you might be going through the same thing and because god brought you through it they need to hear that testimony they need to hear that experience they need to hear how you are unassociated with the things that the enemy and the world has tried to define you by. Um, and because of that, we started the defining series to give you that platform. Um, so, you know, I would encourage you to utilize that that tool to, to, to tap into those interviews that are going to be dropping every week on Tuesdays leading up to the Poetry Jam. And if you are ever interested in you know, sharing your story and, and utilizing that platform um, to share your testimony on unassociated.com. We welcome you. All right. Um, DM us. Um, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. DM us on Instagram. We'll probably have a form out later, but DM us on Instagram. All right. Don't don't procrastinate. Don't don't just let it go off. If you feel it on your heart that you have an experience you want to share. You have the platform to do that here at Unassociated. And we need you to know that. All right. Last but not least. um. That is last but not least. Last but not least, let's get to this message, all right? That's what we're going to do. Uh, it took a little bit of time, but nevertheless, all those things are very important. I need you at the Poetry Jam, uh, and, and I need you to know that the Defining Series is happening, all right? So let's get to it, man. It's, it's been a while. It's been a couple months. I told you it's been a lot of family time. Uh, it's been a lot of time with the Lord. Um, I decided to read some places. I read Esther. I read Acts. I read Hebrews. Um, and I want to talk about something that I read in Acts, something that I read in Acts that inspired this entire um, message. All right. Um, but before I actually talk about Acts, I want to talk about Jeremiah 17, verse seven, because I was reading and this came up in my um, in just my studying. I was reading Jeremiah 17, verse seven. I really like that passage. I think it's verse seven and verse eight where it says, blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. All right. That that verse, for some reason, someday that verse stood out to me more than before. Perhaps at this time in my life, you know, with Poetry Jam planning, I have an internship right now. I'm supposed to hear whether I, you know, get brought on full time or not soon. You know, there's a lot of anxiety that can come with those things. But I found this verse. It's a verse that I've read a million times. But for some reason right now, at that time, it stood out to me even more than before. And the word that really stood out to me when I was reading this verse was the word hope. Sometimes before I start to teach, I like to go to blueletter.org, right? Blueletterbible.org. And I like to look at the exact, I believe it's a Hebrew word that are used at these different places in the Bible that I'm reading. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that Hebrew word, but I'm going to tell you when I read and whose hope the Lord is in Jeremiah 17 verse 7. And I look at that word hope. 
the um the website gave us gives you like definitions of that exact word and how it's used in the context of the bible um and, and the synonyms to that word would be trust confidence refuge right and then the the subcategories of the definition was saying act of confiding object of confidence states of confidence security all of that is encapsulated in the word hope within the context of jeremiah 17 verse 7 blessed is a man who trusts in the lord and whose hope is the lord really what we would imagine the word hope means in our english language i really like that word hope i i feel like hope and trust to go hand in hand but something about the word hope to me it emphasizes reliance and it emphasizes a certain level of dependence and, and and desperation even there's a certain level of um when you say that god is your refuge when you say that god is your sanctuary your solace your hiding place something about god being your confidence it's the reason why you're not anxious and actually secure it's the reason why you're not worried. It's it's the, it's the reason why you are okay because of your hope. Your foundation of your optimism is on the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. That verse stood out to me a lot. Because by, you know, naturally I'm not a person that just puts their hope in the Lord. Naturally, no. I don't think any of us are. Granted, I mean, you know, maybe it's because I'm a man. Maybe it's because I'm a black man. Maybe it's because, you know, I just whatever. I don't know where this stems from. But nevertheless, I am a control freak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like things to be a certain way. And I'm very stern on how I want them to be. You can ask people on an associated team. You know, sometimes it's like I know how I want things to look. You know what I'm saying? And it's taken me some time to be able to learn how to delegate and to, like, you know, work alongside a team and so on and so forth. Um, I am a control freak. I like to control things. I like things to go the way I want them to go. Um, but there's a problem with that because in being a control freak and being so obsessed with things going the way I want them to go, I'm very much more prone to frustration and anxiety when they don't go the way. I want them to go. And I'm talking about me here. Hey, you know, if you if you feel something while I'm talking about me, then maybe you can relate. All right. I get more. I'm more prone to getting frustrated and anxious whenever things don't go the way that I need them to go. I want them to go. I'm expecting them to go. And I think that's a problem for me because it gives me a lot of stress. And, you know, I'm a Christian, right? So when things don't go the way I need them to go or that I want them to go or that I expected them to go, guess what I'm going to blame? I'm going to blame the devil. That's what I'm going to do. All right? You know, when things don't go the way I need them to go, then I'm going to blame the devil. All right? That's just what's – that's what we do. This is a very big habit that we have. But the reality is, guys, when you read Scripture and when you read stories like Joseph and when you read stories like – Moses and the Israelites coming out of Egypt into the promised land, you recognize that when things don't go as planned and when you're going through a very hard and treacherous journey, it doesn't mean that it's the devil. Sometimes it is God 
There's something called God's chastisement, right? There's something called God pruning you and maturing you and molding you. And all of those things definitely have to do with thing, doing things that are uncomfortable, doing things that are not that, you know, not really in alignment with how we wanted things to go. But something we have to remember is that we've given our life to Christ. I'm not saying that you forgot that, but sometimes you forget that. <laughs> sometimes we forget that we've given our life to Christ as believers. If you haven't given your life to Christ, please, you know, I would, I would, I would hope that you do soon. But you're still welcome. Oh, I never want people to think that. Like sometimes I realize I always talk and assume that everyone listening is already a Christian, but which I, I assume that that's majority, vast majority of us. But even if you're not, look. I hope one day you give your life to Christ. But for those of us who have given our life to Christ, we have said that, God, I want to be your disciple and I want to follow you. But in doing that, sometimes we forget what that means and all that that entails. And rather than focusing on the path that God is really just walking us through, we start to think about the path and how it's supposed to be. We start to think about how we want the path to be. And in doing that, we place our own expectations of how things should go on the path that we didn't create, but God created. And the expectations we like to place on the path that God is calling us through generally are informed by our own desires our desires for comfort, our desires for ease, our desires for things to be smooth, and our desires for things to be efficient, like me. I don't like to waste time. I don't like to waste resources. I don't like to waste energy. I need everything. Boom, 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 boom. I like A, B, C, D, E. But messing around on God's path, man, and messing around with all of these different ways that he likes to do things, sometimes you get you go from A to Z to X to W to Q to R to S, T, then D, then C, then, then E. <laughs> Which is just, man, for someone who's a control freak, for someone who wants everything to go super efficient, man, that, that really, that can really mess you up, man. That can really mess you up, all right? But we got to remember you know, we have given our lives to Christ. That means that he's not always the, the priority might not always be efficiency and comfort and, and things being smooth because we're in God's hands and he's holding our hand as we are going through this path. And sometimes while God is holding our hand, he takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. Right. Or he takes us through um the the waiting period or he takes us through the pit or you know he takes us through the waters the rivers and the fires and just says that hey they're not going to overflow you they're not going to scorch you that's what god does and really to to hit this point home i gotta go into the story of paul i got to you know when we talk about god doing all these different things and you know taking us through these hard journeys to work everything out for our good. We typically like to go to Joseph, which I, like I said, I think I said this before. It's one of my, you know, favorite stories in the Bible. I love, I love the story of Joseph, man. It's just, it captures this message so well, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit this time. I want to talk about Paul and I want to talk about how the way to overcome all this the, the journey, the hard journeys that we go through that completely contradict our expectations, that completely contradict our e goal, our goals of efficiency and comfort and smoothness. 
In order to overcome these things, we truly have to put our faith in God. We truly have to make God our hope. And we have reason to hope. You know why we have reason to hope? Because all things work together for our good. Because of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We're not just walking around here not knowing what God has for us or not knowing the plans he thinks of us or the way he thinks of us or knowing his intentions. We know his intentions. Romans 8, 28 says that, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know who wrote this? The guy that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Paul. So I told you guys I was reading Acts. This is where Acts comes in. Because towards the end of Acts, we now hear an account. We read an account of Apostle Paul getting ready to go on his missionary journey to Jerusalem, right? At this point, Jerusalem is like the headquarters of like, you know, the Sadducees and the, is it the, sorry, the Sanhedrin and like the, um, the, the, Pharisees, basically like the Judaic hardliners, like these are the gatekeepers, like you ain't going to come here talking about that Jesus Christ stuff and talking against the law of Moses that you don't do that in Jerusalem. That's really what it's about. So Paul is about to, he's saying, all right, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to spread the gospel, you know, something like, something like, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. All of Paul's homies, all of his counterparts, all of the apostles were telling Paul, yeah, that's not it, bro. That's really not it, P. That's how they're trying to tell him. That's not it. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is telling me that you're finna die in Jerusalem. Don't go. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> but Paul was like, first of all, I'm going. Second of all, even if I do get killed, it is what it is. I'm ten toes. So he goes anyways because he's about that. He goes anyways. And best believe he goes. He's preaching the gospel. He's doing his thing. And they grab hold of him, they beat up on him, and then they take him to, to, they arrest him, right, in Jerusalem. So, Acts 23, verse 11, this is what God says to Paul as he is arrested in custody in Jerusalem. He says, verse 11, But the following night the Lord stood by him, stood by Paul, and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as your, I'm sorry, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also, excuse me, bear witness at Rome. All right, boom. He says, Paul, be of good cheer. As you have testified of me, you've been a witness of me in Jerusalem. You will also testify of me or bear witness of me in Rome. That's what God told Paul. Why was this very important that that we see this? It's important because now Paul has assurance that he's not going to die in Jerusalem. All right. That the road doesn't end here. They were telling him, hey, you finna die. But God has come to Paul and has told Paul, you're going to witness of me in Rome. That's that's the journey. That That's the destination. Like you're going on. A, this is a new chapter, new journey. Right now you're in Jerusalem. You're going to get to Rome. You're not going to die here. This is not the end of the road for you. All right. So he's assured. Paul gets assurance. All right. Boom. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to Rome. When we going to Rome? All right, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. What, what's God going to do? How is he going to free me from prison? How is he going to get this going? Because you want to know what happened earlier in Acts. Was it, it, it was Peter, right? Peter that was in prison. They thought he was going to die, right? Just like Paul. They thought he was going to die. And then, like, Angel Lord just comes to rescue him. He just walks out of prison, just, you know, pulls up on the homies. They're like, what the heck? We thought you was about to die. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm, if I'm Paul, I'm thinking, all right, boom. Like God said, I'm going to go to Rome. I'm just waiting on the angel to come and get me out of prison. But that is not what happened for Paul. 
That is not what happened for Paul. Um, no, that, that didn't happen. There was no angel. Um, there was no opening of any gates um, to, you know, just have him walk out of prison. That, that's not we're going to go through Paul's steps in his journey um, of how he got to Rome. But I think that there's, there's an important point to be made here. God said that you're not going to die in Jerusalem. You're going to go to Rome. You know, but, you know, Paul didn't get rescued from prison by by a miraculous work like Peter did. Paul's route was different, and I would say a lot harder as we're going to talk about. But I think that this, there's an important point. There's an important point to be made here in that we should not be comparing God's works. Between us and other people. Because maybe on the surface level, you will think it must be because God liked Peter and he didn't like Paul. It's not favoritism. He's not partiality. But God has different paths for different purposes. Remember what we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It said that we know that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called what? According to his purpose. And God has a purpose for this universe. And he has purpose for each of us as individuals. And he's going to carry out that purpose. His plan is to carry out that purpose. And there's going to be different purposes for different people. So if Paul's in prison in Jerusalem and he's thinking that, okay, God says I'm going to go to Rome. That means the angels come to get me because that's what happened to Peter. He'd be disappointed. That's not going to be Paul's route here. Paul's route is going to be a lot harder with a lot more suffering. Take a lot more time as we're going to read about but that doesn't mean that god's purpose was not being carried out and that doesn't mean that god loved him less than peter let's talk about paul's journey paul's journey to rome from jerusalem let me tell you what it looked like step by step step one <laughs> paul gets transferred from jerusalem um to Caesarea to be a prisoner in Caesarea because they were trying to kill him in jerusalem even though he was locked up at the time. They were trying to kill this man. So they transferred him to Caesarea, right? Step two. Now he's in Caesarea. He gives defense for himself in front of a governor named Felix, right? Step three. Governor Felix, despite seeing that this guy is, you know, there's no real charge against this guy. He decides to keep Paul in house arrest. Guess how long? Two years. For two years, he just decides to keep him in house arrest because he wants a bribe, because he wants to please the Jews. He decides to keep Paul in house arrest for two years. Step four. After two years now, <laughs> because Paul feels like he's not getting a fair shake, which I could imagine why he thought that. <laughs> I can give you a few reasons why he should think that he decides he's going to appeal to Caesar, which means he's going to go to the Roman, the court, the Caesar courts in Rome. All right. Because he's not getting a fair shake here. So you guys have to transport me to Rome. I'm going to plead my case there. All right, fine. You know, so then he starts to get transferred to Rome. Is that the end of the story? Boom. It should be the end of the story, right? All right. He gets transferred to Rome. He's in Rome. You know, that's, that's it. God kept, God kept the G. He kept his promise. He did what he, he was supposed to do so on and so forth. But that's not where the story ends. Because on the way to Rome, he's on a prisoner ship, and the ship gets shipwrecked. 
Yes, this is all happening to the same person. The ship gets shipwrecked, and then they they that was step five, and now they ended up on an island called Malta. That's this is step six, and Paul gets bit by a snake at this island. I mean, you got let's keep it a beam. At this point, I would have been like, yeah, um, God has it out for me. And how many of us have? gone through a series of just negative thing after negative thing after negative thing god told us a positive thing and then negative 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 we'd be thinking god you forsook me god you are not you did not keep your promise god is not going how you made it seem like it was gonna go step seven three months later after being on this island shipwrecked they finally reach Rome and he's put in house arrest. So there you go. You go to Rome and you're in house arrest. <laughs> God told Paul that you're going to Rome. But that journey to Rome looked like house arrest for two years in Caesarea, shipwreck, getting bit by a snake and then being a house arrest in Rome. My question to you is, is this the path that you would choose? And just in case you don't want to answer that question because, you know, you don't you don't want to go there. I'll answer the question for you. Heck no. <laughs> My camera for sure just cut off, but it's all good. <laughs> we got it back. Certainly is not the path that I would choose. Though, I'll tell you that much. All right. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't have chose that path. But it's the path that God chose. Right. Isn't it? It's the path that God chose it was not the most efficient way it was not the most miraculous way it was not the most comfortable way and it certainly was not the smoothest way but nevertheless it was god's way and i need us to look at our lives as well because a lot of us were looking at our journey and our path and our lives right now we recognize that things are not going the most efficient way things are not going the most miraculous way we're not seeing no miracles things are not Things are not smooth and things are not comfortable. And for a lot of us, we then make that the judgment. We make our judgment that God is not with us. God is mad at us. God has forsaken us because of all of this, this, this chaos that's going in in our lives. But when we look at the path that God brought Apostle Paul from Jerusalem to Rome, we recognize that it was chaotic, but it was still God's way. It was still God's way. He was still there and he was still carrying out his purpose every step of the way. How do I know he was carrying out his purpose? Because there's a lot of things that I left out in those steps that I was going through. There's a lot that I left out in those steps. Just like there's a lot that we leave out <laughs> when we're looking back at how our lives are going. And we say that, oh, man, it was just this negative thing after this negative thing after this negative thing after this negative thing. But because we're not rooted in this idea of denying ourselves and focusing more about God and his purpose, we are completely oblivious to how God is or can be using us along those steps. Because let me tell you what happened to him while he was in prison in Caesarea for two years. Some theologians believe that that was where he was writing the epistles that you're reading in your Bible today. He got shipwrecked. But while all this was going on, he became like an unspoken leader on the ship, winning the respect of the centurions, which is going to come, you know, 
that respect that he wins from the Centurions is going to come in later. And then he's on the island of Malta and he gets bit by a snake. What's, what's the good that can come out of getting bit by a snake? But that snake didn't harm him for some reason. And he just shook it off. And all the, all the natives on that island were just looking at him like, what, is he not going to die right now? And he doesn't die. He's not affected at all. And because of that, they now start to see him as a god. And you know Big P, you know what he's going to do. He's going to leverage their admiration and start teaching them about Christ. And he started an entire ministry at the island of Malta. And then he gets to Rome. He was supposed to go to prison, but because of the respect the centurions had for him, they say, no, you're not going to go to prison. We're going to put you in this rented house on house arrest and people are going to be able to come in and go out. People are going to be able to see you. So Paul's able to set up an entire ministry in Rome. <laughs> Through Paul's story, we can realize that, yeah, the journey wasn't easy, but because God's purpose was being worked out every step of the way, the journey was necessary. It was necessary. We can see through Paul's story that it's, it's just it's not it was never just about getting to Rome, but it was about the purpose that's carried out on all of the steps that it took to get there. Can't we take a look at our lives? All the steps, all the chaos, all the valleys, all the pits. Does that have to mean that it's the devil? Does that have to mean that God is forsaking you? Does that have to mean that you're sinning and he hates you? Or could it be that he is using each of those things to work everything good because you love him and because you are called according to his purpose? God's purpose is not always easy to carry out. It's not an easy path. A lot of us, especially for us control freaks, life is about reaching our destination with the least friction, achieving our goals with the least obstacles, getting things done quickly and efficiently. But for God, it's more so about taking the pathway that yields the most fruits. And by fruit, I mean that gives him the most glory that calls the most that calls the most people to him and, and that that matures you and makes you more and more like Christ. And let me tell you something that way, that journey comes with a lot of pit stops, <laughs> comes with a lot of obstacles Comes with a lot of it. God's journey that he puts you on might not be the most efficient way to get to your destination. But it certainly is the way that's going to bear the most fruit. And that's the goal there. That's It's the journey that is going to bear fruit for his purpose. That's what it is. And if we call ourselves disciples, shouldn't that be our number one initiative to carry out his purpose? You know, this is why it's like when when Jesus said that 
Look, man, you can't be my disciple if you're not going to deny yourself. Anyone that wants to follow me has to deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. That's what Jesus said. And, yeah, I imagine that that was a warning. But it's also a point of advice as well, if you think about it. Because you can't do this if you are thinking of yourself first. You can't be a successful disciple of Jesus Christ if you are more concerned with your own self and your own comfort than you are the path that he's bringing you through to carry out his purpose. Because we are made in his image. We are his children. We have purpose to carry out. We have good works that we are created in Christ Jesus that we're preordained to do. Our path is not about comfort and efficiency. It's about witnessing God's power, being a pedestal of God's for God's power and his glory. And those things move through the discomfort and through the lack of efficiency. This is a message to the control freaks. This is a message that's meant to inspire all of us control freaks to let go and let God. To put your trust and your hope in God. Because if you're so obsessed on everything going perfectly perfect and how you want it to be, you will live a life of frustration and anxiety. Because that is not the path that God is always interested in bringing you through. I'm someone that wants to live for the Lord. So I have to understand this. I'm someone that wants to be a disciple for him. So I have to understand this. And you know what helps us to understand it? If we put our hope in him. Because Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says... Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Verse 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and, and will not be anxious. Will not be anxious in the year of drought when things are lacking. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. Mm, may God bless the hearing, reading, and understanding of his word. We ought to be more like Paul, because if you read the story starting in verse, um, Acts, Acts 21 to the end of Acts, you will recognize that we never heard Paul complain on this journey, this hard journey that he was going through as a believer, as, as an apostle of Jesus Christ. No, but at every step, every hard step, he was witnessing and he was spreading the gospel. He was not sulking and how at how hard things were. Granted, I mean, how hard can he say? How much can he complain even though he was persecuting Christians worse than this before? But he wasn't complaining every step of the way, nonetheless. He was witnessing. He was spreading the gospel. He stayed prayed up. He stayed having his focus on the Lord. And, and that's why he was able to actually fulfill purpose in this journey and it made me think that how many of us are on this journey similar to paul but because we would rather sulk 
in how hard it is to go through these things than actually minister God's goodness and minister the gospel to other people in the spaces that God has us. That's why it feels like all of this is in vain. That's why our lives feel like it's just going nowhere, because the purpose that God has for us to fulfill in those hard times, in those valleys, through that treacherous journey, we are not fulfilling because rather than spreading his word and being a witness in the spaces he has us in, we're so consumed with how hard we have it and soaking in it. Let go of that expectation of how you think your life should be going. And just follow Christ. Let him inform your expectations, not not just you wanting have wanting to have comfort, wanting for everything to be efficient and then really thinking that that's the way it's going to be. Sometimes it could be like that, but a lot of the time it's not going to be like that because that's not what God's interested in. That's not. So. With that being said, (laughs) My prayer for all of us is that we truly hope and rely on God because that's what that's how we that's how we're going to be able to not lose our minds. Hope and rely on him. Trust in him. Let him be your hope, your confidence, your refuge, your solace. Your he's the foundation of your optimism. He's the foundation of your happiness and joy. Knowing that he's working everything out for your good that should be our focus man things are not always going to be perfect he's not always going to go how you want it to go but that does not mean that god is there he'll make it all work out he will for your good he will let's pray father god we thank you so much for your word we thank you so much for your goodness father we thank you so much lord for the things the journeys, the path that you have brought us down for your purpose and for your glory. We thank you for allowing us to partake in your mission. You don't need us, but you want to use us. And we thank you for wanting us. We thank you for allowing us to be your teammates in a sense. Um, and, and I just thank you, Lord, for the grace that you've given us, Lord. And Father, I, we confess our sins now. Any way that we've sinned against you, Lord, we confess it. And Father, we just pray. In these times where we are going through tough times, a tough journey, and we do not see, like we're able to see Paul's, you know, his his journey because we're reading it, but we're going through it. We're not reading it for us. And it makes it very confusing how we can't really see the purpose in all of the suffering that we're we're going through. We can't really see the purpose in all of the, the journey, the chaotic journey that we're being brought through. But Father, help us to just put our hope in you. Help us to trust in you that you are working everything out for our good and for your purpose. Help us to walk in that purpose. Help us to not be distracted from fulfilling your purpose in our lives, oh God, because of our own, because of our own self-pity, because of our own um, or whatever it is in the world that wants to take our distraction or wants to take our attention away. Father, help us, oh God, to keep our focus on you. Help us, oh God, to stay rooted in you. Help us, Lord, to get in our word. Help us to pray. Help us to fast. Help us to keep our eyes on you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Um, man, we're, we're back, man. We're here. We are back at it. New new episodes every Monday um, up until almost the end of the year. So tell your friends. 
tell tell your loved ones, tell everybody. Um, we're back at it. Glory be to God. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to, you know, really, really go on this this next uh, season, this next chapter. Um, but I love y'all. Hope you guys have an amazing week. Reach out to me. Hit me up if you need me. You know my inst- Instagram by now. If you don't, Iheke underscore um, unassociated Instagram, all of that. Hit us up. All right. Love you guys. Have a great week. Peace.